Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of The Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email us, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. So much to do this hour. Buying a home in the future. Favorite airports. The GOP's chances in 2024. So much more. Let's get to something here we're all agonizing with right now. Jesse, how do you feel about the pre-tip? They ask for it a lot on food delivery, and I hate it. If you give a great tip and the service sucks, you can't adjust. If you give none and wait to see the service, then tip accordingly, they'll probably spit in your food. It's a conundrum. Well, first, I am a pre-tipper. I have in general been a pre-tipper. I'm not necessarily talking about food delivery, but tipping in the front is a good idea. Meaning if you're taking some friends out, going out with your wife, doesn't hurt if you want a little better service. Slip the waitress a five or a 10 or whatever you could do. What, Chris? What? 
Chris said it seems more like a bribe than a tip. Well, it is. Remember, it is. I've I've had this conversation with my wife. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. This debate before we'll get back to politics in a minute. She's a much more self-conscious human being. Gets nervous much more than I do. <laughs> You're going to find that shocking. But one of the things I had to explain to her a long time ago was, let's say you're getting something delivered. You bought a new cabinet or something like that from Rooms to Go or something like that. You're getting a cabinet delivered. And they have it right on there. They'll deliver it, but they won't assemble it. That's what they say. They'll assemble it. Give them a 20. As soon as they bring it in there, say, hey, 20 bucks, you guys put this thing together for me real quick. Boom. There you go. Put together. They all say yes. Bunch of blue-collar dudes. 20 bucks is they're taking your lady out for a meal that night on 20. Well, at least you used to be able to do so. You're not doing that anymore. You're taking her to Taco Bell on 20 bucks. But either way, that's the way to go. Tip. Now let's go back to tipping. If you want some extra good service one night, it's Valentine's Day night. And let's say you forgot to buy flowers that morning. Slip in the waitress a 10 or a 20. It's necessary. Now, I said all that to say, look, we've had this conversation before. We're all going through this right now. Everyone is being pinched. And this is what happens when you spend your country into bankruptcy. Look, tying all this back to politics This is why I rant and rave and scream when they spend our money on things, even things that you might like or I might like. It is the reason we're watching our standard of living go away. And when it comes to food service and restaurants, everyone feels pinched. These restaurants feel pinched. Their money, remember, they have to buy things too. Their money's not going as far. They're not getting as many food poisoning shrimp as they got for the same amount of money the week before. The restaurant is pinched. They're having to try to, you're you're seeing menus be reduced. Any food item that maybe is a, maybe they break even or lose a little on, it's got to be struck off. The restaurant feels pinched. The waitress feels pinched. She's trying to make a living, trying to put food on the table, whether it's a young girl, maybe an an older lady or, or dude. I mean, I realize there are dude ones too, trying to pay the bills, keep the lights on. They need tips. They work, they work hard. They work for tips. They're pinched. The consumer's pinched too. Whether you're getting food delivered or you're sitting down at Applebee's, your money doesn't go as far. I I was only half joking about Taco Bell and I was half joking because you're going to have a hard time eating out for two at Taco Bell unless you go with the $5 box or something like that. It's getting more difficult. I I told you the other day, I'm an In-N-Out Burger fan. I went to In-N-Out Burger here. I got a triple cheeseburger, fries, and a drink. It's $12. $12 for a value menu. The government keeps printing and borrowing and spending, and now we're all feeling pinched. And the problem is there's not a great solution for this. The, The waitress's complaints about the lack of tipping are valid. The consumer's complaints about being required to tip or forced to tip more with the cost of food going up, those are valid. The restaurant's complaints about the cost, those are valid. Everyone has a valid complaint because the pie is shrinking. We're used to a certain size of a piece of pie. But when these people destroy us economically, the pie shrinks. And it's, it's why I yell about spending when most people don't care about it because I understand the connection. 
Every time these people pass another trillion dollar bill here, another 40 billion for them and 40 billion for them and another trillion here and more solar panels. And what, every time they do that, Applebee's gets more expensive. Dear Fergie. Yeah, apparently that's the Irish mob boss from the movie The Town. Chris, have you ever seen that movie The Town? Michael, have you seen that movie? Michael's seen it. Sick movie, Chris. Sick. It's a, a bank robbery movie from about Charlestown. Ben- okay, you've seen clips of it. It's very, it's very good. Yes, Chris, they wear masks. I just said it's a bank robbery movie. I, the, way to go! I, don't give it away, Chris. Anyway, yes, the town. You want to see the town. Anyway, you said one of your favorite airports was Charlotte. I'm from Charlotte. I'm curious why this is a world traveler's destination. His name is Mead the Third. I wish I was a third. I've always liked that. What, Chris? I like that. And I regret I didn't do that for my boys. It's just never been a tradition in my family naming your son after you. And so the first one's Junior. And that's okay. I mean, that's okay. But then it gets start to get starts to get really cool when you're the third, the fourth, something like that. Dang it. I wonder if you can just add that to your name anyway, even if you're not a third or a fourth or so. I'd be like Jesse the fifth. How great would that be? The fifth. Anyway, uh, Charlotte's airport is great. Here's what makes an airport great. It's not complicated. Is it relatively clean? Are the food options great? Is there are there comfortable places to sit? Charlotte is one of those wonderful mid-sized airports where they have white rocking chairs all over the place. Incredible food options. Look, whenever you get into the Carolinas, you're going to have incredible food options. That's why I love Charlotte. Jesse, listening to your uh, to your coverage of the $95 billion bill, it's infuriating. How do we fight this? It seems like the goal is to make the citizenry unsure of what to do. How do we fight such corruption and abuse of the taxpayer? Well, it seems like the goal is to make the citizenry unsure of what to do. Well, that is what's happening. There's a fascinating thing happening right now, and it it's bad. A lot of it's bad. I don't know that it'll turn out bad in the end. I can certainly see how it is, but this is what's happening. The left is becoming more and more hungry and evil as they gain more power. They're using their power because the communist believes in using his power against his enemies. So they're using their power. They're getting more and more aggressive and they're abusing normal people and people on the right. But that is not that is not translating into an angrier, angrier, more involved, more activist right that is unifying against the communist threat. That is not something that is happening right now. I don't see it happening. And in fact, we're losing elections. It's not just one or two. Since Trump won in 2016, we have lost so many elections. Even remember the red wave that was supposed to come in the midterms is gone Since that win in 2016, that was really our last super big win. We're losing these special elections, too. Like, how do we lose? How are we losing special elections when Joe Biden's so unpopular? People are unhappy. The economy's going bad. They're mad about the border. Yet people aren't taking that anger, that disappointment in Democrats or Joe Biden and turning around and handing power to Republicans. They're not. They're simply not. There's no evidence of that right now. The red wave was the red trickle. We're losing these special elections. 
Even all the polls with Biden and Trump are neck and neck. We have a sitting president who's a cadaver who opened up the border on purpose. And still the American people are a coin flip on the two of them. How is that happening? Why is that happening? Look, there's a variety of reasons, but here's the easiest, simplest way to put it. Winning teams. You watch sports at all? Maybe football, baseball, whatever. Winning teams almost always get along because you're winning. Even even personalities who maybe normally wouldn't they wouldn't see eye to eye. Everyone's slapping each other on the back, high five, and woo, life is good. That's our tenth win in a row. We got this, baby. There's never, ever, ever any locker room turmoil on winning teams. On losing teams, that's when the wide receiver does a press conference and snipes at his quarterback. That's when you see the linebacker on the sidelines screaming in the face at his head coach. Guys throwing helmets, kicking things over. That happens on losing teams. We've been losing for six, seven years now. And what it's, what's happening is it's making us worse and worse and worse the more we lose. We're getting more desperate, more confused. What do we do? What should we do? Who should, which direction should we go? The losing is breaking up the right. You can say Democrats are unpopular, and they are, but the GOP has spent so much time losing, they're having a hard time holding it together. And that's a lot of what you see right now. Now, remember, all that may be big national stuff, but that doesn't mean you're helpless. You're an activist. In all things, you're an activist. Switch your cell phone provider, please. You have to be an activist with where you spend and don't spend your money. We've talked about this. I need to be better at this too. So I am not pointing any fingers. I'm not judging. I still do things I shouldn't do. Shop places I shouldn't shop. But switching the cell phone is the easiest way to do this. Because Pure Talk, with Pure Talk, you don't have to sacrifice service. In fact, you save money. There's no reason not to switch. Save money. You don't sacrifice service and you're patronizing a company that loves you? Pick up your phone, dial pound 250, and say Jesse Kelly. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. They're giving out free brand new Samsung 5G smartphones right now. Switch to Pure Talk. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an ass Dr. Jesse Friday. Man, that that Biden clip from earlier. I'll get back to the questions here in a minute. I played this before. This is so hard to listen to. And I I want to encourage you. Uh, it's a little disheartening, but I want to encourage you to go watch the video of Joe Biden when he kind of fritzes out here. Watching it is so much worse than listening to it. Man. There are times when he just seems like he's gone. He said if an ally did not pay their dues, he'd encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. You should see it. This this I don't make fun of, honestly. Because I've seen older folks go through this who are struggling with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff. You should see 
how the look of kind of pain on his face as he loses his mind and he can't put anything back together again. You should see the stress and the strain because he knows he's fritzing out and he can't get the words out. And that is the president of the United States of America. Gosh, right? Wow, jeez. Man, alive. It's, that's that's a, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, can you think of another time in your lifetime when the president has been non-functional? Can you name me a name time? Name me a time. Name me a time. What, Chris? Jesse, the anti-communist salami. My daughter is 15 years old, recently joined the debate team. Were you ever on a debate team? Also, coming from your background, we were wondering if you had any advice for her. We love the show. Thank you for all you do. Her name is Loriana. That's a beautiful name. She's about to be a debater. Okay, no, I was never on any debate teams at all. I was very good at debate. Uh, I know that's a terribly cocky thing to say, but I was. I was good at it when I ran for Congress is when I found this out. I was good at debating. When we would get on stage, I would just abuse the, whoever I was going up against. We actually did the the straw poll. That's right, Chris. I was a master debater. We actually did the straw poll after every event. They would pull the crowd and who won, and I blew everyone out every single time. And let me let me tell you why. First, when people speak in front of people, it's very common to get nervous. And here's what, here's what human instinct is when you get nervous. When you're speaking in front of people and you're nervous, you will, this is perfectly natural, you will speak, instead of louder, you'll speak lower and you'll speak faster. You're doing this because if you screw up a word, you don't really want everyone to hear it. And if you, if you speak faster, then you get to get it over with, Right. So if I'm doing a rant on on Joe Biden and I'm talking about Joe Biden has lost his mind and he's hurting the United States of America. Once I get nervous and I'm up there, I say, man, Joe Biden has really lost his mind and he's hurting the United States of America. And that's how people, it's perfectly natural. I My son is actually in speech class right now and I'm working with him all the time on it. The two biggest pointers I can give to you for speaking in front of people, whether it's in a Bible study or class or in your business world, whatever it may be, is slow down and speak up. It is not a race. Slow down and speak up. And another tip I will give you that, that will actually make it you know, put your mind at ease. Here's a little tidbit for you. Your hands. People, people don't know what to do with their hands when they speak in front of people. And because they don't know what to do with their hands, they make themselves look awkward. You'll find yourself playing with playing with your hands, and that's obvious when you're sitting up there doing this thing with your hands. When you're when you're stuffing your hands in your pockets or you're fidgeting around. So here's the best solution for that. Slow down, speak up, and talk with your hands. Make them part of it. When, you, when you're more animated, it helps. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Very Italian. You know me. Very, very Italian. But talk, just talk with them. And it helps the audience wake up and engage more. Other than that, you're going to be fine. 
Maintain eye contact, slow down, speak up, talk with your hands, and remember things. Every debate, every debate team is different, but remember, oftentimes you have to wait for the right time to strike. That's what I was really good at with debate. You don't have to try to score a point on them every single time. You wait, hold your hold your fire, keep your powder dry. I always knew when I was debating people when I was running for Congress that at some point in time, they were going to say something and they were going to leave a soft underbelly exposed. And that's when I would come in and attack. When we were doing debates, and it probably works this way on a high school debate team, you would have so many responses you were allowed to give. It was two or three during the course of a debate. Well, guys would get all amped up early on and they'll burn through their two or three in the first five minutes. I'd wait on mine to the last 10 minutes if I didn't have the opportunity. And then opportunity comes, boom, going for the kill. All right? Killer instinct, too. That helps. Just like Fred has. I'm, I'm actually kidding about that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm happy that he's a 70-plus pound dog who very much views his role as protecting the home. But once you get in the home and he's accepted you, you know, like when my mom comes over, my sister comes over, my dad, he just throws himself onto people and demands physical attention at all times, demands to be petted, and then once you're done scratching him behind the ears, he doesn't walk away. He'll turn around and slam his butt into you. Hey, scratch that too. It's annoying, right? It's annoying. But we love him. That's why we give Fred rough greens. You know, Fred used to have digestive problems after every meal. Do you have any idea how annoying that is? We used to have to just put him outside after every meal. He'd eat. Hey, go on out back till you get done with it. Start giving your dog rough greens and watch physical differences happen in your dog because rough greens is actual nutrition. Vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils. Your dog's breath will get better. You'll see a difference in his coat in his energy level, his digestive system, give your dog Rough Greens the gift of nutrition, the gift of life. Free jumpstart trial bags at roughgreens.com slash jesse, or you can call 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at DC. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Reminding you, you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It is, it is something to watch to watch systemic racism against white people get ingrained in our society in ways it used to be against black people, right? Black people used to get a raw deal in the corporate world, in the law enforcement world, in the, in the education realm, in the, a raw deal, not just a minority, treated as second class outsiders. And it's wild to watch that turn on white people, and now that's the, that's the case in, in society. Listen, listen to Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. This is open systemic racism. There's no other way you can put it. This is evil. A $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the... Um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we are. What's it for? To feed illegals, Chicago came up with $17 million. That $17 million was exclusive to people who weren't white. That is bad, right? All right, back to the questions. Dear Boob Soup Eater, <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have told you guys that Applebee's stories. Why don't you guys grow up? Am I missing something? Why is Russia stopping as, as, at just a small ground force invasion rather than steamroll Ukraine with a full-scale offensive? They've already crossed the line. Why suffer so many casualties at their border when they can overwhelm Ukraine with sheer numbers and firepower? Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about this. First and foremost, 
can they overwhelm Ukraine? Uh, invasion is not as easy as historically it has looked. Ukraine is a sizable place. I understand, I understand the Russian military is big, but it's hard. It's very, very hard to invade a place and conquer it. Now, let's pause on this for a second. We'll get back to the Russia thing. We, especially dudes, I can't, not as much for ladies, but especially dudes, we look back on conquerors and we read about them, right? Whether we love them or don't, we read about them. We read about Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar and Genghis Khan and, and, and look, Hitler conquering France, conquering Europe. We read about these stories. But because we look at them historically, we feel like, or it seems like, it happens all the time, right? There's always a conqueror. There's always been one, of course. It went right from Alexander the Great, and then Julius Caesar was born the next year, of course, and then Genghis Khan came along. Conquerors are rare, very, very rare, because one of the most difficult things to do is to take your army and to march it into a place that's not yours and conquer the people who are currently there. That is not easy. Why? Well, there's a variety of different reasons. One, the people who are currently there, they know the area. They know the terrain. They probably have defenses set up. You know, I was, I was joking with you about how we were in, uh, we went to Europe this past Christmas and we were doing a river cruise through Germany. I'd always wanted to see Germany. It was beautiful. I should note it's absolutely beautiful. But one thing that hit me that me and the boys geeked out on every time, it was, it's wild to look at it through a military historical lens. You would come up to a city. Uh, what's one of the cities? Rudesheim was one of the cities. This tiny little village. You go to Rudesheim and they had this statue where you could go up on one side of the river and you'd go up on the statue and it would overlook the river and the city and you'd see the other side of the river on the Rhine River. Well, right across the river, there was another hill going way up and there was a big tower, a big lookout area. And you could tell, we couldn't go up to it, but you could tell from this lookout area, one, you could tell it was very, very, very old. This wasn't a modern lookout area. And you could tell if you were stationed in that lookout area, if you had a man up there, you would be able to see for miles and miles and miles and miles anybody coming up the river, maybe a hostile army coming up the valley or coming up the river to hurt you. You see them in time. The idea is you see them in time, and then you get to lock down your place before they get there. So by the time the Vikings come rolling up the river to rape and pillage your town, you have chains put up across the river. The archers are already in place. And now if you're one of the Vikings, you have quite a pickle on your hands. Conquest, looking at it historically, looks easy. Oh, Genghis Khan just got up his army and, and went and wiped out other Muslims in the Middle East. No. You can read the books on it. I read... uh. Subadai. Chris, look up this book. Make sure this is the name of the book. I think it's called Subadai the Magnificent. Subadai is one of Genghis Khan's generals, is really his main general. He had a few. Subadai starts with an S-U-B, by the way. Subadai, I think it's called Subadai the Magnificent. It's this little book, little book, very fascinating book. But pick it up and you'll learn some things about the planning the endless planning, and you had to you had to send out scouting parties long ahead to figure out how you were even going to feed your troops. 
That's a long way of me saying back to Putin and Russia and Ukraine and everything going on today. Conquest is very, very, very difficult. Extremely difficult. Yes, the Russian army is much bigger and more powerful than the Ukrainian army. You can't just storm through everything. Okay, so why they bite and hold where they bit and hold? Because they took a bunch of Ukrainian territory and now they're just kind of holding there. Well, that's what they wanted all along. That's territory that has historically changed hands many, 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 many times. It's Ukraine, it's Russia, it's these guys, it's that guy's. And Vladimir Putin viewed that as being his, as, as belonging to Russia. Subodai the Valiant. That's right, Chris. Subodai the Valiant. And Subodai is spelled S-U-B-O-T-A-I. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. Very easy read, too. Subodai the Valiant. Anyway, Putin only, he didn't want all of Ukraine. He wanted that certain area that's a very Russian-speaking area of Ukraine, and he claimed it rightfully belonged to him, and he claimed the people there wanted to be part of Russia. And the truth is, a lot of that is probably accurate. Some of it's probably lies and propaganda, and some of it's probably accurate. That's the way it works. He didn't want it all. He wanted to bite and hold this area and let it go. And listen, why stop there? Once you've conquered a certain area, your enemy will try to counterattack oftentimes. And if, you're, if you can successfully dig in, your enemy's counterattack can wipe him out. You saw this all the time in World War I. It was a very common thing. It was very hard to gain ground there. But the trench lines would be here and let's say you put a lot of thought into attacking the enemy's trench line. He's 50 meters across no man's land, and you're going to go over there, and you're going to take his trench from him. And let's say you pull it off, and that was very difficult to pull off, but you actually take his trench from him, you're in his trench, you blow him up, you run him out of the trench, they run away. The enemy will oftentimes try immediately to gain that ground back before you have a chance to dig in. So they'll gather up their forces and try to attack you right back to take back their trench. But if you are in a position where you are able to fortify that and get yourself ready for him, you can massacre your enemy when he counterattacks. You've seen that a million times in military history. It happened in Saipan, big time in Saipan. We had to fight our way onto the beach. It was brutal. We fought our way into a beachhead. The Japanese knew they had to try to expel the Marines and the Army off of Saipan, so that night... They gathered up all the tanks they had and everything they had, and they decided to try a counterattack. Only the Marines were ready for them, and they just mopped the floor with them, and it pretty much finished the any chance the Japanese had at running us off a side pan. So there, there. Hope that answered that. Chris, did that answer that at all? Whatever. I got a little distracted. Shut up, Chris. Why don't you go buy some Oxford Gold Group? It's right up your alley. Go buy some gold or silver. Listen, gold coins or silver coins. It's not that you should get them so you can show your friends. In fact, you should never tell a soul. Don't tell your friends. Don't tell anyone. Don't put pictures of it on Instagram. But we talk how often about spending. We've been talking about it the whole show. These people aren't stopping. They're not even acting like they're going to stop. They spend and they spend and they spend and they spend without end. And I did not mean for that to rhyme, but that actually ended up really cool. You need to call Oxford Gold Group. Right now, you might qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. They'll get precious metals in your retirement, your 401k, your IRA to kind of protect you against the bubble popping. They'll get it in your physical possession. 
and they'll take care of you like family. They take care of my family like family, and that's why I just adore these people so much. Tell them I told you to call 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD, or OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. We'll be back. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, you can download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, keep in mind, I know we're going into the weekend and there's all kind of distractions and family. And, and, and but Is it still football season? I guess it's not. They had the Super Bowl or whatever, but it, there's all kinds of stuff. I want you to remember this with all everything going on in the world. Life, history itself, it's like a relay race. Um, I say many times, especially to the to young folks that I, I mentor, mm. you know, um, we can think of history as being a relay race. Mm. And, of course, there are then those who carried the baton before us, and then they passed the baton to us. And we who are in this room right now currently hold the baton. And I do believe that mm. the ancestors... Mm that the founders, and we are uh-huh. talking about the founding mothers and fathers of our country, by the way. Um, I do believe that they didn't necessarily think that we would end the race, but charged us with a responsibility to do as much and as best as we could while we carry the baton for our part of the race. I know politicians specialize in saying nothing while saying something. Has there ever been a politician who did that better than Dome? I don't think there has. I, I, I certainly can't think about it. All right, Jesse, I hope you and your family are well. Next, do you think J.D. Vance should be vice president? Thanks for what you do. Well, here's, the, here's what happens when we have a, a guy running for office. Okay, so Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee, and everyone wants him to choose the best VP humanly possible. Whatever, there's a presidential race. We always want the presidential nominee to choose the best VP possible. Uh, so we look around at people we like and we say, hey, we need that guy to be part of the team. Then there'll be a dream team. You saw this all the time before the primary. Hey, Jesse, Ron DeSantis should run with, with Donald Trump and there'll be a dream team. Like we always want to put together this, this dream team force. And I have mixed emotions about this a lot. I don't know that I want J.D. Vance to be vice president. Why? Because I like J.D. Vance. Uh, We need J.D. Vance as a United States senator. Look, and we need him as vice president. I think he'd be a very good vice president. It would be a wonderful choice for Trump. But we don't necessarily want to pluck everybody out of their critical positions and put them in the White House or in Washington, D.C., uh, Dan Bishop, he's, he's one of the great congressmen we have. We don't have a bunch, but he's one of the great ones out of North Carolina, one of the really, really great ones. He's leaving the House of Representatives. That sucks, right? It hurts. We don't, we don't have many good people in the House of Representatives, so we need people like Dan Bishop there. At the same time, he's leaving the House of Representatives to go be the AG of North Carolina in that might be more important than the house securing our communities and securing our states is supremely important right now i tried to uh, i tried to try to 
maybe calm down Ron DeSantis fans when Iowa went bad and he dropped out. I try to calm him down by a bunch of things, but I'll say this again. If you're a DeSantis fan and it didn't work out and, and that friggin' sucks, if you're a DeSantis fan, when your guy doesn't win, it friggin' sucks. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's better to be governor of Florida now than to go into Washington, D.C. Look, we talk about draining the swamp because that's what you want and that's what I want. We want the corruption out of D.C. and we want our government to be decent and honest and to run correctly and that's what we all want. But we have to deal with reality. And the reality is... It's extremely, extremely difficult to go into a place that corrupt and actually make significant changes. It just is. It's really, really hard. How do you walk into a place where every Democrat is against you, half the Republicans are against you, the entire bureaucracy is against you, they hate your guts, and you start draining it? Trump gets a lot of criticism, and justifiably so, for his dreadful, embarrassing personnel decisions, the people he hires, the people he appointed, the Christopher Rays, the people like that. But one of the better defenses of Trump in that, this is a valid defense, is who else is he going to pick? The people who occupy positions of power or who are, quote, qualified for positions of power in the swamp are all lifelong members of the swamp. They all are. It's right from this bureaucrat position to this bureaucrat position, right from this professorship at Georgetown to this position to this to that. They're all part of the swamp. So the swamp doesn't get drained. It just gets worse and worse and worse. I'm not saying that to dishearten you. I'm saying it because I I don't want us to think Ever. It's not that I don't want people to be hopeful about November and the presidency matters and we need Joe Biden to lose, but I don't want us to think there is some magic pill solution or some magic pill dream team we're going to send to Washington, D.C. who's going to clean everything up. They can help, right? We want them to help. We want them to make things better, better judges. Lord willing, they'll take some drastic steps to get the illegals out of the country, to do things that, but even look, let's talk about that. Getting the illegals out of the country. How are we going to do that? It's not enough to, to just say things like deport them. Who's going to do that? Well, ICE. ICE has about 6,000 employees. Only about 3,000 of them actually deport people. Even if you gave them the power to do so, they don't want the manpower. You're going to send in the military? You almost have to. Send in the National Guard. Trump has suggested recently sending in the military. And I'm not saying we don't deport them. I want them all deported. All I want the all, all 30, 40 million, however are here, however many are here, need to be arrested and deported for violating our, our nation's immigration laws. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I am. But we because we're desperate for change and because we're desperate to save this place, it can be awfully tempting. To put all your hopes and dreams in the next administration, whoever that may be, whatever that may be. Hey, we're just going to elect this guy and he'll fix it all. There's no guy who's going to fix it all. You and me and our children and their children after them will have to become activists for years to slowly take this country back. That's how we fix it all. It ain't good. We aren't going to succeed or fail in saving America in November. All right. We still have an entire hour left. 
What should we do with those 87,000 IRS agents? Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.